Today's episode is presented by Lodestar, the fee experts. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Lodestar's Lending Leaders. My name is Elena Gardner, uh, co-host of this season. And today I'm sitting down with Larry Bailey, the CEO of Mortgage Workflow Partners, uh, to discuss what you do and how you're involved in the mortgage industry. Welcome. Thank you very much, Elaine. I appreciate you having me. Of course. Um, so our first question for you today is that you offer companies decades of experience in complete life-to-loan workflow. What difference does focusing on the bigger picture of the entire mortgage lending process make versus looking at a smaller piece uh, from like a processor or even a ri- an originator position? Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting spot. Um, when I created the company, we started last year. And uh, my background is mortgage lending since 93. And, um, you know, in different roles, uh, both started as a processor, then I went into sales, uh, then went into uh, branch management, and then uh, ultimately uh, mortgage company owner. And so um, since 2012, I've been over on the technology side. So it's been very, very helpful to kind of make sure companies are, are looking at that pullback in terms of the overall workflow, um, because we're all compartmentalized in what we do, right? So if we get focused on, if we're in processing or we're in sales or we're in post-closing or secondary, we know our thing and we try to get together as a group and we meet as a team. And uh, what I've typically found is C-level, folks that are in the C-level, you know, they're, they're in charge of the company and they rely upon their leadership um, that they've employed to control the departments. And there's this gap. There's In some companies, it's small. In other companies, it's very large. And so we come in and we'll help explain what's really happening in workflow. A lot of times, it's not exactly what the, uh, the C-level thought was happening. Uh, and so we, um, we also tend to convert um, technology to English. So when, uh, when folks are trying to figure out what's really going on, we'll, we'll come in and and explain what's really happening versus what they thought was happening. Uh, so we we tend to we tend to, you know, have really robust conversations and make make strong recommendations uh, for what they should be doing or or what they should stop doing. A lot of times too. So I think one way to kind of relate this to is kind of almost that undercover boss uh, show. I don't know if you've seen yeah. it. It reminds me a lot of that of that those. Com- you know, what is actually happening. And I think a lot of times it's important to note that technology changes so quickly, um, especially in the mortgage industry, we might be a little bit slower than some other, you know, we have a lot of regulations to fight against when we're talking about technology. But from the time a CEO might have once been a loan officer to where they are now, there's a lot of things that have happened technologically. How do you explain that kind of difference of like, this is how we did it, back then kind of mentality that I feel like a lot of people rely on when you're talking about, you know, your older experiences. Sure, sure. It's, it's really easy to get caught up in this is how we've always done it. So this is how we should continue to do it. Or this is how we did it over at this other place. Or um, what's, um, what's happened also is, well, I know a friend of mine who works over there and this is how they address it kind of a thing. And um, although that can be helpful to start a conversation, it's not a good plan. Uh, you know, just because two people start off on a, you know, on a path, two different companies start off on a path, both lending, 
Fannie Freddie conventional mortgages, maybe even selling to the same aggregator, what happens in the middle and the experience that those companies want to give borrowers um, is typically a little bit different. And, and so, uh, you know, when it comes to technology and, and what they're using, um, you know, it's, it's, been, uh, it's been quite a ride over the years, uh, literally going from typewriters. You know, when I start, I don't know, Elena, if, if, uh, if you've ever had to work on a typewriter to type out a, a 1003, um, but it's, it's quite the ordeal. And for those that are watching this who've ever had to do that, um, uh, God bless, uh, hooray for, for technology. But it's, um, you know, when we come in, we'll come in and, and really look at what are you doing? Um, how are you using the technology in your workflow? And are you using it appropriately? Uh, so, you know, when, again, going back to the, the, the leader, the executive leadership, when they're working with uh, the folks that are touching the files and doing the work, um, making sure that everybody understands what they're doing and why they're doing it. Uh, in, in how, and how does that align to the overall experience for both uh, the, the company and, of course, the borrower um, is, is critically important. And uh, a lot of companies will understand, you know, the, the different steps in the way, um, but they really can't put it all together. I, literally, I don't have any conversations when we do, um, we do, we do these kind of workflow um, overviews for clients, and we'll go in, and the expectation is, you'll find something and it's, it's not, I'm not making this up. Usually within the first 20 minutes, 30 minutes at most, I'm asking questions and everybody's going, huh, that's a really good question. Like we hadn't thought about that. So um, again, that goes back to the, you know, growing up in, in the last 30 years of lending, having technology changes, especially now with, with uh, the way the market's pivoted um, you know, it's, it, it all kinds of comes together and, and uh we try to do a good job of, of asking insightful questions and following up on, on things that are important to address. Now, obviously you've been doing this for a little bit. A little bit, um, a couple years. Over the years, uh, when you're working with companies to improve their workflow, how has the role of technology changed, you know, coming from, you know, the typewriters of the, the typewriter. day? to now, you know, we're talking about a one-click disclosure seems to be the dream. Sure. You know, digital mortgage, like just give me my phone and I'll put a thumbprint on it like uh, Marty McFly in Back to the Future. You know, when he, that guy gives a, a donation like thumbprint and it's done. Um, so I, I never really set out um, to really be the, the tech guy in the room, but I always found myself in that role. So back in 93, uh, I worked for this small little tiny company in, in Cherry Hill, New Jersey called Upland Mortgage. And um, the, the true story is the, the owner and the branch, the uh, and so that's why they were using typewriters still. So, um, so I, I found that, uh, uh, technology and lending was was quite important um, over the years, going from thermal fax machines to uh, to what we see now with with digital closings, and and the uh, the role of technology is 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 hard. Uh, a lot of folks, a lot of companies get distracted with shiny objects. Uh, I call it shiny object syndrome. They go to trade shows, uh, and the newest tech is. Uh, is shown for good reason, right? It's new technology, it's new improvement, it's trying to move the industry forward. 
The problem is that when somebody comes back into a company and they're like, hey, check out this new thing that so-and-so is doing, and hey, I think this is going to address this problem that we've been having, it's very, it's very focused. It's like applying a laser beam to, to the body. It can work if you put it in the right spot for the right reasons. So um, that's what we find is, is the biggest challenge. Um, there are clients that have um, you know, whatever LOS they're using, if they're using something like Encompass, uh, they tend to go out to third parties or they tend to develop in-house um, additional plug-in technologies. And these can be fantastic. These can be great additions to the base of Encompass in this example. And there's others that do it also, like Empower and, and some others that allow you to build this technology as a, as a, as a user, an end user. So I don't want to just call out um, Encompass as an exclusive way to do that. But the point is, is that if you don't understand the workflow, then why are you building something in the, in the abstract? Um, nothing is independent. Noth nothing is mutually exclusive of, of, it, of itself. So, um, you know, I don't know if, if Lodestar has this experience where you're like, hey, listen, a client wants to do this thing. And you're like, hey, that's really awesome. And then somebody hopefully in the room says, yeah, but if we do that, these other three things are going to happen. How are we going to address those other three things? And, and that's where we find um, ourselves a lot with mortgage workflow partners is I'm the guy in the back of the room. I'm the most annoying guy in the world in the, in the executive room because I'm the guy who's always asking, why are we doing that? What is it going to solve? You know, what's going to happen when we do that? And these other five things happen up and downstream. That's, that's what we do. And, and so it's an important part. Um, as technology continues to grow, I do think eventually we will get um, in, in, uh, in, our, in our industry to an electronic mortgage, whatever that means. Uh, we've come a long way. Um, but even like with, with e-close, right, we've done a lot of this e-notarization. This e there was just a recent law passed to, to expand nationally um, uh, e-notaries. E Huge step forward. Like five years ago, that was a pipe dream. Now it's real. And how is that going to change? I don't know. You know, it really depends on on how it happens, and we get these things done, and what companies are going to adopt. Um, you know, that's that's a that's a tough moving target, as you said. You know, industry is always changing, um, but uh, it's important. I always find it's important to be able to answer why are we doing this, and what happens when we do it. And people have to really think about that. Yeah, I'd say the most that that we're kind of involved in that because we are such a niche part of the puzzle, right? A lot of times what happens is we'll be brought in when they're talking about, you know, specifically automating disclosures and they're on that journey and they'll realize, oh, we've been doing this as a manual process or we've been templating it or the system that we have isn't working. Um, and we're normally the one that is brought in and says, okay, well, if we're going to do this, we need this, right? Um, and occasionally, you know, we do see some of that other stuff. You know, a lot of times when we're talking about things like DDM that have to be pulled out for our system to go in because you can't, you shouldn't run those systems on top of another system. And I think a lot of times people don't quite realize that when you're replacing things, there are things that have to come out sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. And that speaks, right. And that speaks exactly to what I'm talking about. It's like, Hey, we want to do this thing. And it's like, great. Well, what about this other thing that we're doing? And they, mm -hmm. and then you go address that. And it's, it's literally like you're, 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 you know, you're playing with a big puzzle um, and that's tricky. You know, a lot of folks, they're, they get, a lot of companies get into a spot where the, the, the entire thing is so big, nobody really has a sense of what's happening. 
and what's going to happen when we when we change this little little tiny piece. It seems so so easy. Like let's just change this. It's just that. What's the big deal? And uh, it takes a you know it, it takes a uh, a good a good set of team members. And sometimes that's uh, internal. Sometimes that's external uh, to make sure that as a company you make the right choices uh, again for the long term. Of course. And when it comes to creating, you know, that workflow for a lender or uh, a few branches or anything like that, what are the benefits of a hyper-specialized experience versus that broader, well-rounded, zoomed-out focus as a whole, right? Of course, I think having those two partner together, what are the benefits of having a partnership between expertise and that zoomed-out focus and just focusing on the zoomed-out and you know, leaving more the C-suite to handle things. Yeah, it's a it's a really good question. You know, how do you how do you know um, what you don't know is a is a hard one. And, and so, what ends up happening is, um, you know, you get you get a group of people who know they're again. We'll use like a department because it's it's easy to imagine as people are listening along because they're probably like, I work in a company, and sometimes that department is one person, right? Sometimes it's it's an entire entire group. Of, of several dozen or even hundreds, depending on what kind of department it is. And uh, they've got a job to do, you know, and they know what has to happen and do not upset their apple cart because the ripples could be really, really traumatic. It, you know, change sucks. Like nobody likes change. If you like change, um, you're special. Like you're a special person. I'll just call it like that. Um, but change is necessary. Right? We we uh, we always have to go through change, but it needs to be for the right reasons. Sometimes change, um, you know, happens uh, on purpose. Sometimes it doesn't. We all had to go through a change last year, eighteen months ago ish, in getting this new ten o three, and um, you know how is that going to affect everybody, especially in the middle? So I, I think it's I think it's um, first of all very important to make sure that. The executive leadership of any company, wherever that is, sometimes that's really, really at the top, sometimes it's not, but the people who are responsible for how the experience is for the company and how the experience is for the borrower, um, those people need to understand what actually is happening. So kind of in the beginning, when you said like the secret boss kind of a thing, um, back when it was normal to have an office full of people, um, you know, it was most beneficial for me to help with workflow and walk is literally just to walk around and I pull up a chair and I'd say, okay, Alana, show me what, uh, show me what you do. And you'd be like, oh, well, this is what I do. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I'm not here. Just do it. Like, do your work. And, and, uh, and I'd go around to different teams and sometimes different people within the same team, sometimes different locations, um, just to really observe. And I'd go back to the manager of that team or the manager's manager of that team. And I'd say, so what do you think your folks do? And they tell me and I'd say, yeah, that's close. Or you're, you know, no, that's not what they're doing at all. And these are the kinds of things that um, we find are, are important to discover and document uh, so that again, you can make decisions as an organization and understand the effects both up and downstream, um, both positive and negative and manage them. You know, sometimes choices are, are disruptive and you have to be prepared for that and you have to understand what's going to happen and what we found over over the time is 
you have to have this conversation and you have uh, with everybody involved and you have to make sure that you're explaining to people what the value is. Again, change sucks. You're only going to change something um, if there's value in it for you. Now, for some people, that's keeping their job, right? For some people, that's because, oh, wow, if I did this, I can actually get out of work on time or I can actually have better customers, customer experience um, or I can finally get that guy Larry off my back because I can finally get all this stuff done and I don't have to hear his, you know, email or phone call um, anymore. Um, so it, in terms of like general versus specialty, in terms of focus, for me, I know this is kind of a, kind of a, a BS kind of answer, but it's all important. But how you focus that and where you focus it, um, executive leadership has to know what's going on had a call, I mean, literally had a call earlier this week and we went down all their technologies and all their workflows. And again, just, just like I said a, a few moments ago, um, we were half an hour into the call and the CEO was like, I didn't, I don't know, because I don't know who does that. Like, and it's a big chunk of money. Like it's a big piece of technology they bought. And I said, why did you get it? What are you using it for? And what do you think it does? And he's like, I don't know. And so it's real. It happens. We figure it out. And, um, you know, good news is next time that contract comes up, don't renew it. Um, bad news is people are using it and you don't even realize what they're doing with it. Like that's, to me, that's scary stuff. So. Yeah, that's something we actually deal with as, you know, vendors is, is rollout, especially when a lender's handing it can be struggle, a struggle to get people that have been doing manual processes or using templates to kind of switch their systems. Um, so we, we do a lot of work with our lenders to talk with them when we notice, you know, are you utilizing at 20% of your volume? How can we fix that? How can we help you actually achieve the results you're looking for? And a lender was like, oh yeah, we're looking to streamline this workflow. And we're like, well, you're already signed with us. We have a relationship. Let's do it. Um, That's so always great. Like, like, Oh, you want to get, you want to use, I got, I got an idea. How about you use what you already have? Let's, let's figure out that, you know? Uh, so I've definitely been sitting in that chair. Um, a lot of times we get to be like, well, you don't owe us anything because you haven't been using it. So we're good. Let's go yeah, make it happen. There is a, uh, there is a guy I used to work with. Um, you know, he, he, uh, he introduced me to the phrase exploit before you explore. And it's nothing that I hadn't known. Um, but it's good to say it out loud. Right. So yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing. Again, most, most of my, um, professional experience in the last 15 years from a, a loan operating system perspective has been in compass. So, you know, I understand what that thing can do from out of the box to super hyper configured with, with every imaginable plug, plug in SDK or API you can think of, um, and the reality is it does a lot out of the box. People just don't understand it because it's complex. It's, it's really, really deep. So the idea of exploiting before you explore um, is important, especially like you said, you know, you've got somebody signed up with Lodestar and, and you walk in, you're like, hey, how are you doing with this? And how, hey, are, are, you, are you doing automated, you know, are you thinking about doing automated disclosures? Are you getting any issues with cures? Are you having things? And they're like, oh man, yeah, our disclosure team, they're always doing this and doing that. And you're like, huh, well, I'm looking at the reports and, you know, how many loans did you say you're doing a month disclosures? And you're like, okay, well, I'm not even seeing that you're utilizing that many. Why aren't you doing that? And they're like, 
I don't know. So you're like, well, let's do something about that. Let's. Uh, We've had many of those conversations over the years. Yeah. <laughs> um, I could imagine. I could imagine. You know, and for the most part, it's it's definitely one of those things that for us, you know, we normally see our our cost benefit. Our benefit outweigh our cost. Most lenders save more money with us than they spend. And that's always frustrating too. Where, you know, I'll do the, the cost analysis for a company. I'm like, you have $40,000 of just time you're spending on processing disclosures, uh, which is fun. It's going to be interesting. So, you know, 2022 is, is um, you know, a lot of folks are, sh- or, or a lot of, a lot of top leaders are, are equating the effect of a 2022 to the effect of an 08. Um, I'm not sure I'm there yet. Um, you know, I've seen downturns in 95. I've seen downturns in 2000 and again in 2005. Um, uh, you know, where they, these are like little, little tiny blips and what's going on. And, and typically when you have a contraction, you know, there's, there's, there's two times you see stress cracks in an organization that speaks to um, should we be looking at technology changes? Should we be investigating uh, what's going on in our workflow? And that's at times of great stress of volume, and that's at times of great stress of lack of volume. And so we're at this point now where everything's getting compressed, and including um, you know revenue streams, which is going to impact investments into workflow and technology, and how many people a company can support to stay on as employees, and these kinds of things. So. You know, I think I think it's critically important to to go in and really look at workflows and really look at what technologies are being used. To to your point, you know, why do we have um, a person or a team dedicated to finding out what fees would be on a file, and why do we have that risk? Like, let's let's do something about that, um, because to me, it's it's easy money, it's easy time, it's easy money. You've got it. Typically, it, it doesn't have a negative impact. Um, speaking, you know, speaking in terms of getting uh, fees disclosed on a uh, on a good loan estimate, you know, it's not it's not brand new, but um, no. maybe your workflow needs to change to make that new. Um, so over the years that you've been working with tech companies to improve workflow, uh, you know, what would you say the biggest game changer tech has been? Or I, I, th- I should say, what's your personal favorite game changer tech? It can be the nichest thing, or it can be a big picture item. You know, the the I think the the big I thought about this a lot um, in prep for today, and, and I think the biggest change is the ability for software to actually collaborate. It's not um, it's not one particular product. It's it's a paradigm shift. Again, going back to '93, there were. Um, you know, there were just a few platforms out there that could really do any type of non-typewriter-based loan origination applications. Like it was, you know, I'm not, I mean, again, for those that are like old, old like an old dog like me, you had, you had these thing called Rochford uh, print forms and you had a white copy and a yellow copy. That's how we took applications, right? Again, I'm really old. And so, um, so not long after that, when technology started to become apparent and um, you know, the, the ability to do something electronically that before that was paper file, there became this tribalistic viewpoint in technology. And it was you either um, were with this company or you were with that company. And there were a lot of workflows that you had to constantly send information from one platform to another, to another, 
to another and hope that the information didn't become um, degraded or, or somehow misaligned and that led to other issues. So I think in two, by, at this point in 2022, for like the last 25 years or so, um, the biggest change that's been the biggest impact to our industry has been the ability to, to have a unified um, system of sharing information between software. Um, you know, obviously with the MISMO format, that's not new, right? But it's been, it's taken a very, very long time to convince the industry leaders of technology that it's okay to share information. It's okay. We, we can all still do our jobs. There's a trillion whatever dollars of lending out there every year for us to go make a living at and give great customer service to our, our clients, whoever those clients are, while still being able to collaborate uh, on, the, on the data set of information. So for me, I think that's the biggest change. I think that's the biggest impact over the years um, is to be able to, have, as an average Joe Schmo um, company, walk in, open up my doors this morning and leverage technology that makes it very, very easy for me to work with multiple actors in that mortgage production workflow and not have to worry about having to have a team of people rekey data from one platform to another. Yeah, that's a, that's definitely a huge deal. All those 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 pushes and pulls of APIs are possibly our favorite thing. Yeah, and you know, and and you could you could point a finger at certain people who are more public about um, maybe leading that conversation, um, but the the reality is it, it's everybody. Like it's you know, anytime a large lender turns to their LOS provider again, whether that's an internal provider or an external provider, and they say, um, hey, we need to make sure we can do this effectively and get that information over, it tends to happen. Um, you know, HELOCs were, were a big deal. They're a big deal again. Um, you know, buy downs are, you know, were a big deal. They're coming back in and, and you know, and now different technology providers have to, you know, have to figure out how to retool their information. So, you know, including servicers and subservicers, how to make sure they get these buy down accounts provisioned properly. Um, so, it, you know, and it happens quick, you know, it's not a, it's not a big life cycle. It might take time. It might take a few months or whatever to, to get online, but because everybody is collaborating, things happen pretty quick. And that's, uh, that's pretty damn cool. It's pretty damn cool. Yeah. We're big fans of that. We've definitely seen, I think, uh, I personally deal with all of our API clients and I've, I've definitely seen an increase in just inquiries for different purposes. And it's really cool to see what every different lender is working on. You know, we have yeah. a different conversation with everyone. So that's always fun. Well, as we wrap up, I'm going to ask you the tough question that we're asking everyone this season. Um, so a lodestar is a guiding light. Uh, that's what our company is named after in the night sky. So we want to ask you today, Larry, who or what do you consider a lodestar or an inspiration in your life and in your career? Yeah, and, and I actually didn't realize that was the source name of, of your of lodestar. So uh, when I went back and looked at the logo, I'm like, oh, that's what that is. Okay, that's pretty cool. Um, so I'm I'm going to nominate my my grandmother Hazel Street 
uh, who's my lodestar, which is, which, you know, I don't know whoever, I don't know what other lodestars people have named in the industry and stuff. But um, for me, uh, she was a teacher. She was an elementary school teacher in, in uh, Hillsborough County in Tampa, Florida. And uh, for me, she was, she was always uh, one that I, I looked to both personally and professionally um, because she, she taught me how to um, ask really good questions, how to listen for the answer, um, and to, um, to really just always work hard on, on what we're trying to accomplish. So, you know, she was never in technology. <laughs> she was, you know, she was the, the uh, uh, she, she was, uh, she retired in the seventies. So, you know, she, you know, she was, uh, she was a different breed, but what was, what was interesting to me and what, what I hold true for, for her, you know, to kind of give me that, that guidance, uh, both personally and professionally, um, is, is that um, inquisitiveness and that sincere uh, effort to make sure that you're making a difference. You know, I, I, as a, uh, I, was, I was literally like that far away from um, going into teaching uh, as a, when I was, I was tired, this was right before I went into technology and I'm like, ah, just, I'm tired of the mortgage industry retail side. I just, I'm thinking I want to do something different. Um, but I just, I was making too much money. I, I couldn't, I couldn't go to teaching, right? I mean, it's just, it's horrible to say, but, um, you know, it's true. So in, in that vein, uh, I made it a point professionally to become a teacher. Um, and so a teacher of workflow, a teacher of technology, a teacher of how to get things done, um, specifically in Encompass. Uh, so I, I created, uh, you know, an entire university um, that had not been done outside of Ellie Mae at the time. And uh, that turned out to become very successful. And, and now we, we work with our clients and we teach them, um, you know, about their workflow and about their administrators, how to become better administrators. And uh, so I, I, I further that sense of teaching um, because that's what she taught me to, uh, to do. I love that as, uh, I'm actually the best one you've heard. Is that the best one you've heard on your, on your show or am I like just in the top 10 or what, how did I do? I mean, we've only been asking this for about, uh, four episodes so far. Um, it was actually a question, believe it or not, our, uh, summer intern, who's now our social media coordinator, uh, Fiona O'Flanagan. So I want to give her credit. She came in in true Gen Z fashion, guns a blazing, and asked, who's your lodestar or how are you a lodestar in her interview? Right. That's great. I like, I'm, in, I'm blown away. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and it was, it was one of those things. It was, it was just one of those things that we were, we were all kind of laughing about afterwards. And we were like, you know what? This is a great question. We're going to add it to the podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is, it is a really good question. The, the closest thing that I've uh, professionally that comes close to that, but it's, it's different is uh, Sig Anderman, you know, always he's a CEO and one of the founders of, of Ellie Mae, you know, he always talked about Ellie Mae's North star. So mm. it was, it was, what was their guiding light? What was their guiding principle? Um, I'm pretty sure that, 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 uh, that item retired along with Sig and, and Jonathan Core. Um, I don't know if they still talk about that at ICE, uh, but in any event, um, I think it's great. You know, you need to have purpose. You need to have meaning. Um, it, if it's if your purpose and meaning is just getting paid, um, it's totally fine. That's just not my purpose, and that's not what we do at Mortgage Workflow Partners. No, and that makes total sense. You got to get value out of your job, right? In some one, one way or another.
I love that. Well, as we wrap up here today, I want to give you a chance to plug anything else you're working on. Um, I know you mentioned you guys have a show. Where can they people find that? Yeah, so um, so that was for um, so we don't have a weekly show for mortgage workflow partners um, yet. Um, we're working on that, but you know you have to you have to make it meaningful for people to keep showing up, right? So we're we haven't yet uh, done that, but what we are working on is. Um, we, we are a, uh, an ICE Mortgage Technology premier partner. We're part of their consulting uh, program. So we are promoting that. Uh, that's important for a lot of folks to make sure that they're working with an actual partner of ICE Mortgage Technology. Um, we're helping some clients implement Encompass. Uh, but most of what we do all day, every day is go through workflow conversations um, sometimes we help clean some stuff up that maybe an admin did that they didn't really understand what they were doing. And so we kind of come in and gently figure out what's happening and gently reconstruct. Um, I think our biggest, I think our biggest thing for, for this is, uh, we do a, a platform review, like an encompass platform review, and we record the whole thing and we get, we, we have, um, uh, task management platform. Uh, that we use to document what needs to happen. So, and that's our biggest thing again is teaching and educating. So we we go through it, we explain what's going on, we put a list together. You want to do that stuff? Fantastic. You want us to do it? Fantastic. Uh, you know that's what I want people to understand that we are here. We've got three decades of experience to help, and uh, we've got great partners like Lodestar. Uh, in our corner to uh, you know as we get to those fees and we're like you're doing what manually. Yeah, you need to get a hold of Lodestar and fix that. Well, we always appreciate it. So <laughs> thank you, everyone, for tuning in this week. Uh, next week, we will be diving into our uh, recap of the Digital Mortgage Conference. We're very excited. Um, and our upcoming conferences, we will be at Housing Wire Annual along with MBA Annual. So if you want to catch us, uh, shoot us a message. Um, we don't have a booth at either show, but we'll be floating around. We're sending a few people. Um, Jim and myself will both be at MBA Annual. Um, so thank you so much, Larry, for joining me today. And we'll see everyone uh, next week. And before I forget, please like, subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. And we hope to see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Lodestar's Lending Leaders Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and rate us five stars anywhere you get your podcasts. A special thank you to the Lodestar Podcast Production team, Jim Paolino, Tim Austin, and John Gardner.